Welcome to the Super Sentai Brothers. This is episode 21 of License to Car Ranger, the internet's best and only podcast dedicated to Gekiso Sentai Car Ranger. Every week we watch an episode of the show and we share our thoughts with you, the listener. My name is Matt J. With me as always is my co-host and brother Dave. Dave, how you doing today, man? Oh, it's, uh, man, it has been uh, quite a day. Actually, the twins just didn't, just didn't do nap time. Today. Just didn't. Just skipped it? Did not. Just decided that that was not for them today? Yeah. Well, after about two hours of trying, they were finally settling down, and then the dude who lives behind me started to s- decided to start up a boat engine in his garage now, at 3.30 in the afternoon now, in the middle of the suburbs. I was going to say, Dave, I mean, we don't live too far from the lake, either of us. But neither of us live close enough to the lake that uh, a boat engine is in uh, the sort of what we are worrying about on a day-to-day basis. Yeah, see, here, okay, see, here's the thing. I think we live in the absolute worst zone, the least permissible zone for a boat engine. Because if you live, like, far away from a body of water... But you own a boat because, like, you like to travel to one. Then it's like, listen, man, you know, we're in the middle of the state. There's no water here. I got to work on this boat engine someplace. Like, sorry, this is just it. And if you live right on the water, well, then it's like, well, you know, you live by the water, man. There's there's going to be boats there. I live, like, close enough to the water that if you have a boat thing, you should just be at the friggin' water, not in your garage. Like, it ain't that far, man. Just just go where there is supposed to be boat engine noises, not in my backyard. Right. Take your boat so, engine to the boat where boats live. Don't, uh, don't, don't have boat activities in a non-boat zone. Yeah, I just, I, oh my gosh. It's it literally, it is the first time I have ever walked out of my house to like yell out my backyard at a neighbor. Like, I've never done it before. I was so furious. Anyways... Uh, you know, so that was a crummy middle of my day, but this is a great end to it. So, you know, bright side. Yeah. Uh, Dave, speaking of a great end to our day, uh, the thing that we're going to close out with here is talking about episode 21 of Car Ranger is called the Carnavi that surpassed Carnavi. Now you might think, Matt, are you saying carnival, but not finishing the word? That's what I thought, too, until I watched the episode. I was fully expecting a carnival-oriented episode. I was real confused. Nope. No, it it does make sense, but we will get to that once we get to the episode itself. But, of course, Dave, before we get to that episode, as always, shining in the heavens, there are five stars. What is our first star of the week? So our first star of the week, Matt, is that you and I just had a... A genuinely delightful weekend. Uh, it was Father's Day. Yeah, it was Father's Day this past weekend. And our dad said, hey, guys, it's been a while since we just had a real opportunity to, like, hang out and connect. I'd really like to kind of, like, get away for the weekend. And I said, uh, sounds great. 
uh, that is tough for me. And dad said, well, what if mom came and like helped Beth with the twins and you could get away? And I said, I sounds good. And Beth said, that is cool because she's great. And mom is great. And dad is, everybody's great. Everyone's so, great. Um, everybody's great. So we did. We got away for the weekend, you and me and dad. And we went over to Pittsburgh. We got on Airbnb. It was this nice little cottage. I was struck again by like, I just, Airbnb is so much better than hotels. Like, like I get why hotels are still in business. Obviously, like they do provide a service, but virtually anytime I personally need a hotel, I could also get an Airbnb that would work like basically just as well. And it's either like much nicer and the same price or like dramatically cheaper. Oh, yeah. I mean, here's the thing is that hotels are a very, like, no risk, no reward sort of uh, proposition. Like, you go to a hotel, you know exactly where you're going to get, and there is nothing good necessarily about being in a hotel, except that when you arrive, you're pretty sure that, like, the sheets are clean and the TV has cable. Like, no risk, no reward. But Airbnb is one of those things that... It's it's kind of like, I'm not going to say it's high risk, high reward, but it's mid risk, mid reward because it definitely can break bad on you, right? Like it's never happened to me, but you can. I was going to say, I believe that it can. It's never happened to me, but I assume it's happened to somebody. This has been a paid, this has been a paid promotion for Airbnb. Man, Dave, if, if, it we had, if we had ever gotten paid for any of the things that are very clearly paid promotions or things that ought to be paid promotions, we would be living a very different lifestyle. It's true, we would be. Uh, anyway, so we got this Airbnb. It was great. We went into Pittsburgh, uh, had a delightful time, loved the city of Pittsburgh. I know some people, listen, if you are not like from Pittsburgh or Cleveland, you might be like, hey, I thought Pittsburgh and Cleveland didn't like each other. No, the Pittsburgh and Cleveland, by and large, love each other. Like, we're cool. Yeah. Unless you're like a real rabid sports fan, you might be like, I hate the Steelers. But even if you hate the Steelers, if you go to Pittsburgh and you're from Cleveland, you're like, oh, yeah, this like this whole area makes a lot of sense because like they're very, very similar. And uh, you had a delightful time in Pittsburgh, drank a bunch of beers, ate some good food, most of which we made, but I like to eat the food that we made. And... Uh, Watched some Women's World Cup. Oh, man. We Had a watched, blast. We watched a surprising number of Women's World Cup games, especially considering the fact that, like, although we all like the World Cup, like, you and me and Dad, none of us are sit-around-and-watch-the-big-game sort of guys. Yeah, like, very definitely... Like, if you are, that's fine. That's just not, like, you know, sure. we are just not that that sort of people, generally speaking... And we we commented more than once, like, how bizarre it was that, like, the three of us were sitting on the couch, like, with some beers, like, watching the big game. Now, the game was women's international soccer, so we're still, like, fairly progressive, I think, in that, uh... Yeah, yeah, I think you that's know, in that oove. But, uh, heck of a game, heck of a game. Team USA crushing it, returning champions. You can see why. Absolutely. Hey, Dave, the, the, the great things about the, uh, the Women's World Cup is that you remember some years ago when the uh, Cleveland Cavaliers were the champs. And, of course, they were the champs all year. Champs all year. Uh, w- when, the women, when the women's team won the World Cup, 
They were not only That's champs all year. They were champs for four years. And I feel like we did not I do know. We did not do enough to really highlight that achievement at the time. Yeah, that's true. We should we'll have to go back and edit some stuff in over the last four years. Well, you know, it, so, if, uh, if we win again this year, hopefully we will remember to do that. Well yeah. Um we'll really rub it in on all our international audience. Oh yeah, the sorry Matt and Michael, I think are the yeah, I, I think Australia's in it. I, I, I don't know that we oh, yeah, have... Yeah, yeah, they're definitely in the cup, for I don't, sure. I don't know that we have any Chilean listeners, but if we do, uh, sorry about your luck, guys. I was going to say, man, if anybody is tuning in from Thailand, chaw, sorry. Sorry, bro. Yeah, yeah, that was... Uh, anyway, the Women's World Cup, really fun. The whole weekend, a really lovely time to just chill and be with family uh this this is one of those sincere stars not one of those joke stars uh but i hope you've all enjoyed it uh, yeah um so what matt is our second star of the week dave second star of the week uh it is actually related to the first because one of the things that we did while we were in pittsburgh is because uh dave you and i live in cleveland of course uh the happiest we do the happiest place on earth but uh, uh unfortunately one of the very few downsides of living in Cleveland is that we do not have an Ikea. Yeah, that's true. We do not have an Ikea. But Pittsburgh does. Yeah. And so we spent some time. And have we, we ever... T- Matt, have we... Sorry, real quickly. Have we ever talked about how much I love Ikea? Uh, Has Dave, that come up before? I Not only have we talked about it, I think we talked about it like three episodes ago. <laughs> Yeah, no, I'm sorry. That was a lead-in for kind of a dumb joke. Like, I know that I've talked about it extensively. Um, so anyways, so we go to Ikea because there's an Ikea in Pittsburgh. Like, we were literally, we had gone and done a thing. We had gone to the Cathedral of Learning, which is a building on uh, Pittsburgh campus, University of Pittsburgh campus. It's oh, really cool. It just, it's amazing. It's like a cathedral, but it's just, it's not a cathedral. It looks like a cathedral, but it isn't. And there's a bunch of rooms and like... Uh, national clubs like in and around Pittsburgh, you know, like the not the Pittsburgh Irish American Association, like sponsors a room and they really like trick it out like Irish style. And so, uh, and so there's like 30 different rooms and they are all like designed and adorned to like celebrate the culture of like one of the ethnic groups that makes up Pittsburgh. Uh, if you're ever in Pittsburgh, definitely go visit the Cathedral of Learning. Show up by like 2.30. There's like guided audio tours. They're super, super cool. And so we finished that. We're like, what do we want to do? We're like, well, there, there is an Ikea like 15 minutes from here. Right. Like we, we, we need to, I'm not going to say we're going to have dinner at Ikea, but we are definitely going to eat there. And I, I kind of want to pick up some stuff. And also just wandering around Ikea is so peaceful. It is. It is. So we go, we wander a little bit, we have some fika. Uh-huh. And uh which is like a, a Swedish word for like chilling with coffee and a sandwich. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Uh, and uh, I picked up some drawers that I needed. And and the thing that I picked up, I got a handful of things, but primarily what I picked up was a set of patio furniture. It's lovely. Uh, it's like a, it's like a little drop leaf table with a couple of folding chairs. It's great. And I came home, and I after after the weekend, you know, yesterday I took Monday off of work because we were coming off of a long weekend. I came home, I set up the table, I got on my Allen wrench, and you know, made it all happen. 
and I set up this great patio table and I was feeling really good about it, right? Right. And then today I went into work and, you know, going back to work was fine. It's work. It's whatever. But but one of the things that makes uh, where I work a hashtag fun office, as I've referenced in the past, is that we have an outdoor area on the grounds that is like uh, it's a bunch of uh, gardening lots. It's like a it's a it's oh, like container okay. stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. You have an allotment, and so I had sort of one of the slots in one of the containers. And me and a couple of other people went out and we planted our garden plants for the summer. And I planted my, I, I, I got some cherry tomatoes, I got, I got some basil, and I got some peppers. And I just, I put them all in the ground, I dug them up, I, yeah, I dug a little hole and I put the plants in and I watered the plants. And then I, and then I reflected, Dave, on my, my day or two and I realized that I just got a, uh, you know, a new patio set. And I also just planted right. some summertime crops for me to enjoy eating some stuff. Yep. And, and I realized, Dave, I'm the king of summer. You got the Diablo going. I, 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 do, have the, I, have do, the, I do have the Diablo going. Uh, and I realized, Dave, I think I might be the king of summer. This this might this might be this might be Matt Matt's time to be king of summer. I just got a fresh thing of uh, I just got a fresh patio set. I just got some outdoor things that I'm going to be growing and harvesting. And listen, I'm trying to be positive this year. You know that 2019 is my optimistic year. Um, And and I have decided, Dave, that this year, Matt J is the king of summer. So I hope you're all ready for this. I just cut off a new, I just cut off a recently retired pair of jeans. So I got a new pair of cut off jean shorts. I got a new sort of like tropical shirt. I got the patio set. I got the garden going. It's summertime for Matt. Uh, and I'm just going to soak it all in. I'm very excited about it. Okay, Matt, I would listen. I just want to say I fully support your claim to this throne. As, I don't know, let me say like the Viceroy of Summer. Uh, I do think a small, a small chink... You got to get a grill, man. Well, I mean, you know That's what? That's all I'm going to say. I was, I was a hair's breadth away from buying a grill while we were at Ikea. I didn't make it happen. Yeah, I know. Yeah, no, no, no. I know. Had I known, I think had I predicted that you were going to be going like the uh, the King of Summer route, I probably would have pushed you to get this grill a little bit harder. You got to get a grill, man. Okay, here's, uh, here's, here's what's nice. What's nice is that one of the guys who lives in my building has a grill out back that I could use. So if I oh, okay, I think you're fine then. If, if, you're fine. If I'm willing to grant him like a dukedom of summer, I feel as though I was going to say okay. you have yeah yeah. All you need to do is, as the king of summer, you annex his territory, <laughs> grant him as you say. This is how kings work. You grant him a dukedom, and he you use his grill, and then everybody's like everybody's good. Um... I love it. I love this whole vibe you've got going on, Matt. I support it. Well, um, in that case, if I may so inquire, your majesty, uh, what <laughs> is... That's how you have to talk to it. No, there are no modern kings. Did you know that? Did you know if you speak... I mean, there are modern kings, but they all speak like oldie time 
oldie time English, even the ones who are not in fact English. Like if you speak to the modern king of Sweden in modern Swedish, he will not understand you. You can you have to speak to him in Shakespearean English only. I feel like Shakespearean English, that's the thing that locked in at some point. Because if you watch like if you watch Gladiator, like all of the royal people in the movie Gladiator, which I realize is not a modern reference, but I, I feel like a lot of people saw Gladiator. Everyone, all the fancy people are talking with British accents. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's like that accent is sort of like a pan temporal. Like, like I think the ancient Romans did speak Italian, but if you list, like, if you spoke Italian and you could listen to them, and then you also spoke, if you were like in modern English, you'd be like, that modern, that ancient Roman Latin sounds like it's being spoken with a British accent. I don't know why it is, but it's probably probably true. Um, so what, Matt? Your Majesty, if I may so inquire, is uh, our third star of the week. Dave, our third star of the week is that I was out for a walk the other day. You know how I do. Like you do. Walk, walking across my summer my summer territory. Uh, your demence? Yeah, my Your demence. kingdom? Your domain? My domain. That's the word I was looking your for. Your terra thinking. regnum? <laughs> and, Go ahead. I, I, the basically my my domain my summer domain is the the grounds between my apartment and the park up by uh, Lake Erie. Yeah. So you know I'm out walking the grounds, making sure everything's cool, and I walk past a car. It's parked in a parking lot. Now this is not a commute update because this car was parked in a driveway. Well, and you were just walking. And I, I walk past, and I see that it has a, de- a series of decals up in the back window. It's a sedan. And, okay. And up in the back window, it has the full window is a, is a number of letters, letter decals, spelling out a word. The word, Dave, is blaze. Now, you might think that you know what that looks like. However, I would like to correct you. Because it's not spelled that way. It was spelled, in all capitals, B-L-A-Y-Z-E-E-E. Blaze. Wait. B-L-A-Y-Z-E-E. Three E's. Now, I, I assume Blazy. that it was meant to say blaze and not blase, because that the the font the font suggested a blaze, not a blase. Yeah, okay, I got you. It would still be blase. So I, I look at this, I I sort of see it out of the corner of my eye and I walk past. And then mm-hmm. I just wanted to make sure that I saw what I that I saw what I saw. So I'm envisioning. I can see the movie. You're walking by. You catch out of the corner eye. You literally stop mid-step, backpedal by two or three steps, mm-hmm. turn, take a closer look at this. It does, in fact, say, blase. Now, here's, not only does it say blase, slash blase. Do you take your sunglasses blaze. off at this point? Oh, uh, no, I did not because they're prescription sunglasses. That I would just oh, yeah, good point, good point. <laughs> <laughs> But what I did see, Davis, not only did it say that on the back window in, like, hot pink on fire letters, you might expect me to be saying that it also said that as the license plate. It did not. The other place that it said it 
was like, you know, if you're looking at the back of a car and it says uh-huh. it's like a Honda Accord or something on like the right side of the trunk, it'll have like a bunch of like block silver letters that came from the, the factory that say Accord or, you know, whatever. Yeah. Civic, whatever you got, whatever, whichever Honda you have, you know what I'm talking about. This one, this person, I feel like I don't know what order it happened in. Because those letters, they had, like, pried them off the car and replaced them with custom letters that said, Blaze! In the exact same spelling, same number of E's. Now, here's what I'm wondering, Dave. Do you think that this is someone who got the stickers, put them on their car, and was like, Oh, man, it's Blaze time. I gotta do everything I can. And then also bought those. Or... Or, here's the other version of this. Do you think that they got those letters, those custom silver letters, and put them, like, sort of discreetly on their car and drove around for, like, two weeks? And they're like, man, I feel like people aren't really getting my style. No one's, no one's getting it. No, no one is appreciating my style. they got to be right up on me to see it. I need to expand this as much as I can. Obviously, that's too many letters to put in a uh, custom license plate, and I refuse to remove any of the E's. Like, you could do it if you dropped one or two E off, but no, no, they are committed to all three E's. And so they went to the custom sticker store and said, hey, I got a car, its name is Blaze, I need you to hook me up. Dude, I, I just did like a quick Google search to make sure that this was not like a thing that we did not know about. And uh, like there are a handful of people that use this as their like online handle for, for, for stuff. I think, I think you may have come across like someone who's just like deeply into their TikTok profile. I mean, that's possible. Sure. Obviously. But uh, I I feel like I prefer to think that they're just deeply committed to the Blaze lifestyle and that that is a lifestyle that they have defined themselves and refuse to share with anyone else. Except, I I guess, for the one person who has that as the license plate. Because you know that... Now, no, never mind. As I said, that's too many letters. Yeah, you can't do it. Because there's a Blaze lifestyle that you can get a license plate for, but there is not a Blaze lifestyle that you can get a uh, license plate for. Yeah, I do just want to say, if they're trying to say Blaze, it needs to be like B-L-A-A-A-A-Y-Z-E. I mean, like throwing the E's on the end, again, it's just Blazy. Like, that's how phonics works. Hey, listen, um, I, I, know, I know I agree with you. I think you're right. If you're living a phonics lifestyle, but if you're living a Blaze lifestyle, maybe maybe it just works differently. Listen, Blaze lives by his. You said it was hot pink. Ah, uh, I'm gonna assume that's a lady. I would give me. I mean, listen, uh, man, I'm gonna assume go that she's way. living her own life. So, Matt, what? <laughs> what? Oh, what's our fourth star of the week, Dave? Our fourth star of the week is that. Listen, I don't think that I encountered Blaze in the Wild, but I want to tell you something else that I saw on that same walk, and I feel like this might trigger a sense memory in you. This is a wild walk so far. I mean, listen, I'm just I'm just uh, treading across my domain. 
So I get up to Edgewater Park. I'm walking around. It's a beautiful Saturday. And as I'm heading back, I see a couple All of... All is well in the kingdom of summer. <laughs> I, I see a couple of teens. Two teens. I'm going to say two teenage boys between the ages of 14 and 16. They are in the okay. park. Okay. This, this is not unusual so far. No, no, no. Not at all. Dave, they are in the park and they are practicing karate. Now. Awesome. I awesome. want to be, be very clear about this. Okay, first of all, I just I want to make it very clear before we even start in this star, I will not be dunking on these dudes at all. Oh, no, 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 no. If, and if you Dave, were planning on dunking on these dudes, I refuse to join. I don't think you were. Just on the off chance you were going to dunk on these two clearly radical dudes, I'm not joining in it with you. I'm 100% a fan of whatever they're doing. Okay. Please continue. Dave, I, I, I don't want to say you spoke too soon. But let me continue to tell you this situation. These two teens did not know karate even a little bit. <laughs> these were, nope, I'm sticking with it. I'm sticking with it. I do not care. These two teens, first of all, were clearly not wearing karate workout clothes. They were wearing... Uh, okay, well that does, that does kill it for me a little bit. Like if they were just in the park wearing like full-on karate gis... I would have, anyways. Oh, go Dave, ahead. no, no. I, I would have done a whole other buildup if they were wearing karate geese. I would have been, I would have been rejoicing that there were warriors available in my kingdom of summer. Dave, no, these were dudes in like sneakers and very long jean shorts and like t-shirts that, man, probably didn't have a picture of Goku on them, but might have had a picture of Goku on them. And they were just in the park, and as I was walking past, I could tell. The reason I say they were practicing karate is because they were doing the same motions over and over. But those motions, although they simulated karate, were not the sort of motions that anyone who had ever studied karate would do. They were, like One of them was like, okay, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to hold on to this like tiny tree stalk. It's not a stalk, it's a trunk. It's a, a tiny tree trunk. Like, I'm going to hold on to it with one leg. Or one arm, rather. If he was holding on with one leg, different story. Holding on with my left hand, with my right foot, I'm going to reach out that foot and do four karate kicks in a row to practice my made-up karate kick. And the other dude was just standing there doing punches in the air, like, <laughs> like, like just flailing his arms around. And I was watching the both of them. I was like, dudes, I know who you... Like, I see you. Not only do I see what you are doing, I see your soul. Like, I see <laughs> that you guys have played so many video games and watched so much like, anime I have... that you're like, I need to train to learn how to fight. I'm not going to pay a guy or buy some special shoes, but I'm going to practice my kicks. I'm going to go to the park, and it's going to be kick time for an hour. And if I just do my awful kicks in, like, sets of four forever, then eventually, if someone ever comes at me, and they're like, hey, man, give me your wallet chain, and whatever wallet is attached... They're gonna like they're gonna have their kicks and they're gonna get all four kicks out and it's gonna be amazing and that guy's gonna be like okay, listen. whoa I'm so sorry for coming at you I didn't know you had kicks okay listen first of all first of all Bruce Lee says do not fear the man who has practiced ten thousand kicks fear the man who has practiced one kick ten thousand times so 
I mean, hey, listen. I, 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 so I, listen, I guess that I'm just I, saying. I respect their dedication to the craft. I don't, I don't necessarily re- respect what version of that craft they're doing, but I respect their the time they're putting into it. Yeah, no, listen. Young men, uh, first of all, let me just say, if you happen to be listening, if you were listening to the buildup of this star and you were like, holy cats, that is me. Also, I must have encountered Matt and Jay in the wild. This is the best, second best day of my life, first best day of my life when I decided to pursue the art of karate. <laughs> it may have been the same day. First of all, let me it say, kinda looks I like salute it was the same you. day, if I'm being honest. <laughs> okay. First of all, let me say, I salute you. All right. That is, that is not a joke. The second part is go get karate. Like, listen, my man, go get karate lessons. Like, I have been where you have been. As Matt said, I see you in my soul. Like, it has passed over and through me. I get it. Pay someone who knows what they're doing and get some karate lessons. Just, it's like, sweep the floors if you have to. It'll be fine. Wax their cars, paint their fence. I, mean, I am fairly that that certain works. that that's how learning karate works. Sure. You wax so, the car, you paint the fence. That's how you learn karate. That's how you learn karate. What, Matt? So, King of Summer, Duke Blaze living in your domain, two rad warriors. What do you have fifth star of the week to top all of this awesomeness? Dave, our fifth star of the week. Uh, hey, do you have you ever played the video game Secret of Mana? It's kind of an older game. I wonder if you know what this one is. Haha, <laughs> that's a funny joke. Yes. Uh, I love Secret for everybody. Sorry, everybody who's not Matt. Uh, I love Secret of Mana. I love it. It's one of my favorite games of all time. I have leveled up every every weapon and every spell except the whip cuz I missed one giga orb in like a temple somewhere. To like 99.99, I got all the special animations. I love Secret of Mana. Okay, so you know how Secret of Mana is the video game Second Densetsu 2, right? Yes, I'm, yeah, I'm aware of this. Okay, you know that there was a video game that was never released in the United States called Second Densetsu 3. Yes, I played a very bad port of it about 15 years ago. Uh, okay. I made part of it. I, I, I tried to play a very bad port of it 15 years ago. I had like an I had like a ROM on my laptop like when I was in college and either there was no translation and I was trying to pretend that I knew how to read Japanese or it was such a bad translation that I it, I'm gonna it, give you the benefit of the doubt. No no no, it was in English. I, even if it wasn't, I'm gonna give you the benefit of the doubt that that even you never did that. Yeah, like it, it, it was a bad enough translation that it was virtually unplayable. But Dave, finally, lo these many years later, Seiken Densetsu 3, now called The Trials of Mana, is available for me to buy on my Nintendo Switch in a collection of the Seiken Densetsu series, the first three oh, games. Oh man, I don't have a Switch, but that is tempting. Dave, I did buy it, and it's extremely good. And like, okay... I love Secret of Mana. I loved Legend of Mana. Legend of Mana is not a well-loved I did, game. I, dude, I loved Legend of Mana. Was that in like a... Was that actually like a Seiken Densetsu game? I don't even remember. Yeah, that was like Seiken Densetsu 4, I think. 
Oh, okay, got it. Yeah, I loved Legend of Mana. Did not really feel like a Secret of Mana sequel, but I did like it a lot. Okay, here's the thing about uh, Trials of Mana. Trials of Mana 100% feels like a Secret of Mana ser- or sequel. It's ah, like... Ah, nice. It is as though the same people who made Secret of Mana finished that game, sent it out to get published, and then were like, well, I mean, I guess we're all still in this room. We may as well make another game along these exact same lines. And man... It like, uh, I mean, that's not definitely what happened, but it's not like an improbable, albeit like shortened and goofy version of of probably what did happen. Yeah, like listen, I, I'm only a little ways into this game at this point, right? Like, I, I've only played it for like four or five hours because like it is hard to get that much time to like dig into an old JRPG. But what is really crazy about the game is that. Like the the visual stuff in the game because it's like another secret or a Super Nintendo game that came out like a year or two after the first one, and also the music of the game is such that as I'm playing it, I am feeling like okay, this is not the same song that was in Secret of Mana, but the person who arranged this listened to all the Secret of Mana music and was like, okay, I'm gonna do that and I'm gonna turn it by like. 10% into something else. So the whole time I'm playing it, like, man, I don't even, frankly, I'm not even sure it's a good game. Here's what I can tell you, though, is as someone who grew up loving Secret of Mana, playing Trials of Mana, even if it's not a good game, which it it might be, like I said, I'm not super far into it, but it just scratches that Secret of Mana itch in a way that I honestly never thought was going to happen again. Oh, that's deeply satisfying. I'll have to give it a try sometime. I'm over at your place. Yeah, absolutely. Anyway, I, 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 we've talked about all this stuff for a long time. Dave, let us take a break. Let us watch, or let us, I mean, hey, we've already watched it. I, I think we've already talked about that. But we're going to take a break anyway. Uh, and when we come back, we're going to talk about episode 21 of Gekiso Sentai Car Ranger. It is called The Carnavi That Surpassed Carnavi. It was originally released on July 19th, 1996. It was written by Yoshio Urasawa. You can watch it on the DVDs or on ShoutFactory.tv. I hope that you do. We will be right back. Okay, welcome back. So, episode 21, the Carnavi that surpassed Carnavi. Uh, nothing to do with Carnival, but... Definitely. Yeah, nothing to do with Carnival, and despite Matt's pronunciation, nothing to do with the planet of Pandora. No, no, there, there is no unobtainium to be had in this podcast, which I guess is probably obvious based on its name. Yeah, I just, man, how is Avatar like one of the, that was such a dumb movie. I mean, uh, anyways, it, it was, it, it had a lot of 3D stuff at a time where that was new. I, I guess. Okay, so anyways, so, so we open up, we're on Pegasus Motors, and uh, Natsumi is working, There, everybody's at work, and Natsumi is working on this car. And it's uh, Yuko, right, is helping her? No, 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 nobody's helping nobody's her. Sorry, helping she's her. just working on this car. She's the greatest yeah, mechanic of all time. Car. No one needs to help her. Right, uh, so she's... she's you know, she's working on this car, and uh, Kiyosuke answers, the, f- the phone rings, and Kiyosuke answers it, and it's the grocer. We have met this grocer before in a, in a previous episode, and he says, hey, uh, where's where's my car? This is weird for me. 
I did not know that. Like I knew that they made cars and I assumed that like if you if they had made you a car, they would also repair it. Is this implying that this grocer drives like a custom grocery van? Well, okay. Now here is the thing. He was offered a custom grocery van at some point because I remember um they were saying like, oh, if you put like rocket engines in the back of your grocery van, you will be able oh, to that's do right. things faster. But I, I have seen the picture I have seen like the you know, the the art that they whipped up to try to sell him on that, and that is not what his van looks like. Yeah, okay. Well so maybe he he does not in fact get he didn't get like the upgrades to his personalized van, but maybe he did actually get a van. Anyway, so he calls them and he's like, Hey, uh, hey guys, like I, I need my car. I, I have like this grocery business and like, I need my car. When's it going to be ready? And Kyoshi's like, Oh, uh, sorry. Like it'll be ready really soon. We have 15 more minutes. Natsumi does not look like she's 15 minutes away from finishing this car. Okay, here's the thing. Natsumi does not look like she is 15 minutes away from this car when we see her at the very beginning of the episode. But as soon as Kyosuke... That's true. What you, like, what you don't know is that she only started 30 seconds before she's the greatest mechanic on the planet. Right. So as soon as Kyosuke hangs up the phone, Natsumi's like, oh yeah, I'm done. Don't worry about it. Like, you can go deliver this car immediately. Like I, so Kyosuke's like, oh, okay, cool. And then uh, Yuko comes over and she's like, hey, like I, I want to come too. Right. Kyosuke's like, because the thing is that Yoko is the, uh, she is the accountant for Pegasus Motors. And she says, hey, I need to get a ride with you because it's the end of the day and I need to get to the bank before the bank closes to do bank stuff because apparently Yoko is not as good of an accountant as uh, Natsumi is a mechanic right so Kiyosuke is like okay sure so like the next thing we see we see him in the car and Kiyosuke is like alright well where's the bank like this is your part I don't know where I'm going not where's the bank not only where is the bank which bank are we going to and Yoko Listen, like seemingly has a test no driver. idea yeah, Yoko's terrible at her job. She, like, this is you're the accountant. How do you not know a w- just where the bank is off the top of your head, and b off the top of your head what name it has? Like, how is okay? So here's I think what we figured out. Natsumi is amazing in her job. Yes. Uh Naoki is also very good at his job. Yes, so they can fix Minoru, cars and design cars with the best of them. Right. Minoru is, like, okay at his job. Right, like, he can sell something to someone who already wants to buy something. Kyosuke is the driver... Indeterminate. Indeterminate. Unclear as to how good Kyosuke is at his job. Yuko is actively bad at her job. You know what, I, I should go back and try to figure out, because in the first episode they tell you what each of their salaries is, I should go back at the end of this season 
Or just see if she has the lowest salary. Well, yeah, like, to, I need to go back at the end of this season, once we have determined how good everyone is at their job, to figure out if everyone is being paid fairly. Uh, <laughs> so anyway, the point is, she gets this map out, she's trying to, and she's a terrible navigator. Like, she keeps, like, telling uh, Kiyosuke, like, go left, go right, no, go straight. And it's not like, they're not, like, moving between streets and intersections, like they're just he's just like veering around the street trying to follow her terrible directions because she's unable to orient herself on this map. Uh right. and, and then and honestly, I feel like this speaks very badly uh of uh Yuko's navigational skills. This also does not speak highly of Kyosuke, because they're in the middle of a straightaway where they are not coming up on an intersection, and he is just veering around this road wildly every time she says left, right, straight. Listen, Matt. He is a test driver. He is a man of finely tuned reactions and instincts. When somebody says turned left, he trusts. It's not his fault that he trusts his navigator. That's on Yuko. Okay, okay. He's just operating at a very high level of uh, reaction speed. You know, he hears it. It just goes straight to his hands. Straight to his hands. That's how. That's how, I guess I've decided that he's good at this. Anyways. So she's a terrible navigator, and she uh, she navigates him into Koban Base. Like, he, just, right. <laughs> he just drives into Koban Base. And uh, Signalman is there, and he's like, Hey, citizen, do you know what you've just done? And Kiyosuke at least has the presence of mind to just apologize instead of yelling at Signalman. But, but Signalman is not having any of it. He's like, man, okay, Signalman is weird, because sometimes he will see a like a straight up space crime happening and be like, that is not my jurisdiction. And then later, Kyosuke will like bump into Koban base in his car and not do any appreciable damage to it. And he's like, I cannot forgive you. You are under space arrest. Now, I don't exactly know what space arrest means because nothing then happens. He's just, Kyosuke is completely free to go. I mean, he kind of runs away. I feel like maybe he thinks that his jurisdiction is only 10 feet around Koban base. And once someone is able to run away that far, he's like, I'll get you next time. Maybe it's that if you're running away on foot, he immediately loses jurisdiction over you. Yeah. Like if you were to try to drive away, then he could like then he could chase. But if you run, he's just like, I'm not the running guy. Like I am the traffic guy. So I think that's uh, a the very car, good of course, point. is now they must drive away because the next thing we see is that the car is back at Pegasus Motors and it is still I mean it's not still broken, it is broken again. And Nanzumi is very reasonably so furious. Right, because she's, she's like, just this is, you were a terrible there. navigator. And now now here is the thing is that she is not upset with Kyosuke for crashing the car. She is upset with Yoko for navigating Kyosuke into a situation where he would crash the car. Listen, Kyosuke is a finely tuned <laughs> test driver. Natsumi understands this. And so she, they kind of like, there's this like back and forth and Yuko's like, I'm really, really sorry. Like, I, I don't, I'm just a terrible navigator. Like, I don't know what I'm going to do about it. Uh, we go from there up to Barabarian where Beauty Zanet is, uh, is just straight up doing a like lounge number. She like comes down the stairs. There's like some va va voom trumpet, and then she is just doing lounge singer music. 
Uh, everybody is, there's like a spotlight on her. Everybody is just sitting around the bar, sort of appreciating uh, the only one of them who is not a horrifying monster, including instructor Richie Hiker. Yes. Uh, Richie Hiker is sitting there. He is enjoying the music. He's sort of like tapping his toes and like, he's got his sort of like, in like his his pointer because you know like he, he is a teacher so it is as though he has like a pointer that he can point to a blackboard that's just something he carries around a lot and he's sort of waving it around as though it is a conductor's baton enjoying the music and and, yeah. and president gynamo rolls up he's like hey man uh instructor richie hiker you were our consultant you're you're under salary we're paying you not not a lot, but we definitely are paying you. Um, why are you sitting here listening to music? You, instead of that, need to be planning new ways to destroy the car rangers. That is literally your job that we have hired you for. Come on, man. Like, get with it. Instructor Richie Hacker says, in some, some quick thinking, I think he's figured out that President Gynamo is kind of a moron. I, at, at this he, point, he's a rube. Like President Gynamo is. That's not, a better way to say it. He's not dumb, but he is very credulous. Okay, so he's like, "Listen, President Gynamo, I'm working on it. Like the best way for me to think my way around this problem is to just sort of chill out, listen to this kind of nonsense song that Zanette is singing, and sort of like let my mind be free, and I'll figure it out. In fact." I have just figured it out. Okay, Dave. I just, fi- Dave, I just did it can, can, right now. Can I interrupt you for a second? Because I, be- You just did, so. Okay, it, it, it's happening. Uh, <laughs> he, he calls it a nonsense song, but here is what Zanette is singing. She said, Oh, yeah. She says, It's, an in, it's a boring afternoon on Barabarian. I had a dream. Riding on a white UFO, a prince is coming to get me. In a cafe on Venus... I want to drink a melon soda. Now, if you have not been watching the show to this point, you'd be like, eh, I don't know, it's just a it's just a whatever. But here's the thing Or if you are just a guy in the BB saloon, this makes no sense. Right, but here's the thing. If you are a, if you are someone who watches this show, this is not a nonsense song. She is singing about Red Racer, obviously, right? Like she is dreaming yeah, about clearly. like her her knight on a white horse coming to take her away, but she's from space, so it's a white UFO. Yeah, no, she's definitely sorry, I had not mentioned that, but she is definitely singing about the Red Racer. So instructor Richie Hiker says, in fact, I have just figured it out. The reason that you keep losing to Car Ranger is that you are being haunted by a space plague. And then we get a cutaway. To a, a dude in some very in a weird robe and a funky wig and some very strange fright makeup, and he says, "I'm the space plague," and then you see him, like a ghostly image of him superimposed over the entire planet of Barabarian, and he says, "I'm haunting you." Ooh, spooky. and then we go back to the saloon. So Instructor Richie Hacker says, "Listen, here's all you need to do. You need to capture the Car Rangers." And sacrifice them to the space plague, and then the space plague will not haunt you anymore, and then you will be able to defeat the Car Rangers. Now, now President Gynamo is like, oh, oh my gosh, he does a space catch plague. this. How could this have happened? He, first to of us? all, he's like, oh no, a space plague. And then, second of all, he says, like, well, if it were that easy, we would have already done it. Well, no, okay, here's the Which thing. Which I'm glad that he does at least 
it, 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 catch the circular re- nature of, of Richie Hiker's reasoning here. The thing is that uh, I, I don't think President Gynamo says that. I think that was Zelmoda. Oh, you're like, right. President Gynamo is immediately like, oh my gosh, how could I have doubted you? Of course, there's a space plague. We need to capture the car rangers to sacrifice them to the space plague so that we can beat the car rangers. And Zelmoda says, wait, hang on a second. If we capture the car rangers, then that's kind of the thing. So why why this is a this is a very dumb idea. But at this point, President Gynamo has already bought 100% of the way in. Right. And he says, no problem. We will perform this exorcism. We will get our greatest shaman, A.A. Abanba. And A.A. Uh, a. Abanba, his motif is a an exorcist and an orangutan. Uh, he's very ugly, and I hate him. <laughs> Yeah, he's real ugly. He's very strange looking. Um, I don't hate him as much as I could because a lot of the time he's invisible. I mean, that's really the only thing he has going for him. Literally, when he shows up, my notes say, A.A. Abanba appears, and I hate him. So, A.A. Abanba, he is in, he can, that's his thing. He can, like, turn invisible, and he he kind of wanders in, and, like, some stuff floats up, but it's actually A.A. Abanba picking it up. And he's like, no problem. Like, I'll be good down to Earth, and I will, I will hand to the Car Rangers. So we see the grocer. We're back on Earth. We see the grocer, and he is hauling stuff around on, a, like, a hand cart, grumbling, because he's like, I need this van to do my business. Like, these jerks said my van would be done, and it's not done, and, like, everything sucks and is stupid. So then we, we see, like, his groceries, like, floating up, and an apple disappears, because, of course, A.A. Abanba has arrived, and, and he is invisible. That's all we get out of that scene. It's just a, a. It's just like, hey, the guy's here and he's invisible. Yeah, and, and the grocer uh, we, freaks out. We, we we cut to Pegasus Motors, and Natsumi is fixing the grocer's truck again, and Yoko is like, kind of floating over her back shoulders, like, hey, I'm really sorry. I I can't believe I screwed up this badly. Can you ever forgive me? And Natsumi Natsumi's had a chance to chill out for a minute now, and she's like, listen. I can definitely forgive you. If you're really sorry, that's fine. But here's the deal. We are co-workers, and I'm embarrassed that I work with someone whose navigational sense is as bad as yours. So you have to do something about it. Like, it is... But like, you, but you're, like, bringing shame company. on the entire garage. So, uh, just then, Dapu shows up, and he's like, the Bozoker are here. Oh, no. So they all run and get in now in, uh, what is it, Pegasus Thunder and Dragon... Uh, cruiser. De- Dragon Cruiser. Dragon Cruiser. I do want to point out that, like, every... Okay, four of the Rangers are, like, in seats with seatbelts. Minoru is just standing on the back of Dragon Racer, like, holding on to the roll cage. And, like, that's just his seat. I mean... Like, he did, at no point does he sit down and strap in. Okay, that's very... Which I only mention... I only mention this because their tagline is literally fighting for traffic safety. Okay, that is 100% true. But of those five characters, which one of them do you think is the least responsible? It's definitely Minoru, right? Yeah, it's, it is definitely Minoru. I just feel like... I mean, they could have... He could have had a seatbelt or like a, a harness or something. It is weird because so, in the last episode when we were introduced to the Pegasus Thunder and the Dragon Cruiser, 
as like as they were driving Kyosuke and Naoke around, they like supernaturally put the seatbelts on them. So you know that they care about that. Yeah. But okay. I just maybe it's just waiting for Minoru to get into a space where there is a seatbelt. And he's like, no, man, I'm just going to hang out and stand in the trunk. Now, we, we never see we have not yet seen Minoru do that untransformed. So maybe the logic of the show is that, like, hey, man, when he's the green racer, it's fine. He can deal with it. Like, it's okay. I got it. Still, not setting a great example, Minoru. No, that's not what I would call traffic safety. Yeah. So they, they're driving around. They're looking for the Bozok. And it's not really sh- clear if A.A. Abanba is has both, like, invisibility and illusion powers or if he is just, like, appearing and then mo- disappearing and then moving and then, like, reappearing in another place. But the point is, is he is, like, he is appearing at various points on this road. And Kyosuke is driving Dragon, or Red Pegasus Thunder. And Yuko is, is like, navigating him to try and get over to A.A. Abanba. Yeah, so like, but she's I, a terrible. I, I guess, now, I guess, okay, I guess the logic the conceit of this here is that like Kyosuke is not like Kyosuke has his eyes closed and is only driving towards the enemy based on what Yoko is saying. And I think the other element of this conceit is that Yuko is perhaps such a bad navigator that she is she cannot navigate you to something that is directly visible to her. And, like, she's so bad at it that it, like, she is, like, actively flustering Kyosuke to the point where he can't even drive straight. Right. And the end result of this is that Pegasus, Thunder, and Dragon Cruiser, like, head-on collision, it's not bad, but, like, they they crash into each other. Yeah, everyone's fine, uh, but A.A. Abambot gets away. Yeah. And they're like, oh, no. This this monster has escaped. He is not here. That he is, of course, there. He's just invisible, and he is attacking. He is attacking Minoru. So they they kind of all crash, and then all of the guys run off after AA Bamba, and Natsumi stays behind with Yoko. Is like, hey, are you okay? Yoko says, yes, I'm fine, thank you, but. My inability to be a navigator has once again gotten us into trouble. And listen, I I know that we're that Kyosuke is a finely tuned machine who can respond faster than he can think. But like, Kyosuke is the one who got into the car wreck. Like, this is not well, actually I mean, yeah, him fault. and Naoki. Yeah, Naoki also crashed into him. So, anyways. So uh, all three of the guys are sort of like off and they're fighting invisible A.A. Abanba and they all sort of like fall back all at once and they fall onto this like magic circle and when they fall onto it, it triggers a trap and this like cage materializes around them and then A.A. Abanba like throws a sheet over it and does a disappearing act and they just vanish. Right, I don't know if this show knows what an exorcism or an exorcist are because A.A. Abanba is like a magician, not like... It's, well... He's like a David Copperfield magician who is dressed in a robe. Like he is not doing like exorcism stuff. He is doing straight up stage magic. 
Later on, he does do some stuff that is a little... When he's, like, do, preparing, like, the sacrifice and the guys are... Oh, sorry. The guys end up strapped to a giant model rocket. And they're going to launch that into space to appease the space plague. Oh, sure. Because they need... That's haunting them. They need to get offered up to the space plague. So they need to get up to space to do it. Yeah. So you put them on a rocket. And there he is doing stuff that does seem a little more like... You know, like spiritual or whatever. So, um, but I, I do wonder if this is like a weird, just like a flurb of translation, and they, they do mean he's that he's like a. Sh- I think they say shaman once or twice, and that might make a little bit more sense. Maybe. So, so um, they're all in the cage, and Am Bamba comes up to them. This is before the rocket. He comes up and he says, "Oh, I got you. This is great. We're going to appease the space plague." Also, hey. Aren't there supposed to be five of you? Because I've only got three. And Kyosuke, thinking quickly, says, Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, there were five of us, but we fired the other two. So we are the only we are the only three. You got us all. You don't have to worry about anybody else. And then Abanba says, Awesome. So <laughs> we go back. So the next we see, uh, we see Naoki... Or not sorry, not Naoki, Natsumi and Yuko and Dapu, and they're back at headquarters. And of course, Yuko is, free, is kind of flipping out again. She's like, I can't believe this. We've lost the guys. You know, like, what are we going to do? The current Rangers are going to be defeated because, like, I'm a bad navigator. If only we had a GPS that was like a weapon, that was like powerful enough to use as a weapon, right. and, and- like, we would be able to navigate and we could use the. The GPS to find the invisible, invisible okay, okay, guy Dave, I, I, is her plan. I want to interrupt you for a second because the way that they arrive at this is way more bonkers than what you are communicating. Yoko says, if only we had a GPS, I wouldn't have gotten lost. That's right. Dapu says, a GPS? I've never heard of this. What is this sort of weapon? And Natsumi says, oh, no, 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 no. A GPS isn't a weapon. It's just a thing that we have that, like, lets us do, you know, like, lets us globally position our satellites, I System. guess. Uh, and, but as she's explaining this, Yoko then has a breakthrough, like a mental breakthrough. She's like, oh, my gosh. GPS. Weapon. Weapon. GPS. What if we had a GPS that was also a weapon? And she interrupts the both of them and says, like, okay, we need to stop this conversation right now and invent a weapon that is also a GPS. And she says, I know the three of us can do it. So Dapu is like the Merlin of car magic. Natsumi is the world's greatest mechanic. And Yuko is a bad accountant. <laughs> like, what, what does Yuko think she's adding and also, what what to like, this triumvirate? Like Yoko does not know what like a GP. Yoko probably does not know how a GPS works, which is you know, which is no problem. I also don't really know how a GPS works, but this would be like if I said to someone, "Oh my gosh, what if we had a GPS that was also a boat?" A <laughs> and the three of us, <laughs> you, a wizard. And the world's greatest mechanic, and I, a librarian. Right. Like, we we will build this GPS boat. Uh, and then, of course, they they do proceed to do exactly they that. They one hundred percent do it, and it's not even hard. Yeah, we. So, well, it's a little bit hard, Matt. Let's 
let's not get ahead of ourselves. Okay, okay, okay. So we go from there. Yeah, we go from there. We see the guys, again, are strapped to a giant rocket that is in front of uh, uh, representations of uh, recreations of the Easter Island statue heads. Here's an amazing fact. In case you did not know this, a number of years ago, I didn't know this growing up, a number of years ago, they did excavations like on Easter Island. Guys, it ain't just heads. Like, there's whole bodies underneath there. They were just buried. <laughs> really? Yeah. I mean, that, oh, my that gosh. Have you never seen this? Me, but I feel like we would have talked about this a few years ago when those same Easter Island head statues showed up in Die Ranger, which I'm pretty sure happened. Yeah, no, Actually, sorry. I'm we sorry. Should I don't have. know if they ever showed up in Die Ranger. I know they showed up in Zoo Ranger. Uh, yeah, anyways, no, there are just, it, just like, go look it up. It's not just heads. The bodies are just buried. Uh, they look real crazy. They look, okay, honestly, honestly, they look a little bit like comic book Korg. Okay. Just, just they do. Anyways, um, they look, they look totally rad. Uh, anyways, so the guys are strapped and they're, they're doing like this big magic ceremony to launch the guys into space on a, on a rocket to appease the space plague, which again, I am fairly confident does not exist. Oh no, no, that's just something Richie Hiker made up to get out of being yelled at. Right. Uh, we go back and we see uh, Yuko and Nansumi and Dapu working on the the weaponized GPS. This is, I think, the most egregious example of like time, time dilation in in the sh- in the seasons of this show that we've watched. Oh yeah, because like on the guys' end, it seems like thirty seconds is taking place. Like on a the fuse women's end, that is burning down, and on the on, right, and on, but on like the women's end, it's like hours. They're, they're like going onto a computer and like mocking up designs. And pointing at things like, no, this won't work. We need to do it a different way. And then constructing yeah. a whole device from scratch. Yes. So um, then we, we okay, we're sort of flipping back and forth. I do think this is a new, I don't think we've ever seen, no, no, no. Nidoro Butero was human sacrifice. That's the last time we saw human sacrifice on, on Sentai. About, but this is definitely like live human dance? sacrifice that they're planning. Yeah. Um... So, so after all that, the GPS doesn't work. They they make a whole they like make they a whole it GPS. Up. It is branded with the Car Ranger logo. That is how much time they yep. have spent on it. They didn't just cobble together their device. They cobbled it together and then attached the appropriate decals. And they switch it on and yeah. it doesn't work. And Yoko is heartbroken. She's like, I, I knew I, like right. we should be able to do this. Why isn't it working? We need this device to be able to find this invisible man and also help me learn how to navigate, like, what could have gone wrong. And she just breaks down and starts crying. And so she is, so she weeps, she weeps magic, car magic tears onto the, this is where car navy comes in, by the way. It's car navigation, if you hadn't put that together yet. She weeps car magic infused tears onto this thing. We see they they drip down like onto the circuit board and short circuit it, but like it already didn't work. So they like it like right circuits it mm-hmm. and infuses it with the car magic of her tears, and then it works. And now it is a functional super device, an unstoppable, wonderful advancement in technology that could only be powered 
by car magic tears. Love it. Uh, so basically, they we we go back. The fuse is lit. The guys are about to die. Uh, a one of their auto punisher swords like flies through the air, cuts the fuse, and and uh, you know car yellow racer and pink racer have arrived. And they're like, we got you guys. Like we'll save you. And then AA Abanov is like, yeah, whatever. Get bent invisibility. And they're like, you get bent. We have a device that casts detect invisibility, basically. Yeah. And so they flip it on, and Natsum is like behind you, and then. <laughs> Holy cats, Matt, 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 Matt. Cause sorry, because what Yuko does is she just turns around and like punches into midair, and then AI Abanda like appears a second later, and she has punched his invisible form. Here's a very, very important question, Matt. Were the two rad karate guys? Were was there like a GPS? Was one of them holding one? Was there one of was there one near them? Oh, that's a great question. Now I will say no, they were not holding a GPS. But their flailings were not hitting anything, so I'm not gonna say that, that there you wasn't could an, see. Like I'm not gonna say that there wasn't an invisible bozoak there. But if there was, they really needed that GPS because they were just like swinging their limbs around, hoping against hope that they would run into something. Well, you know, hey, I mean, they don't have the car magic so to cry on the device to make it work properly. Listen, it's it's hard to come by. Uh, that's like a rare component. So, anyways, so they the 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 bad guys sort of scatter. They run over. They they cut the chains off of the three guys, and now the fight is is fully joined. Right, and like Zalmoda shows up, and everybody has to fight some wumpers. But as this is happening, AA Obanva runs away. Right, but they still have this GPS device. And so <laughs> Natsumi takes the GPS device and like unfolds it and now it's a gun, but the gun has like the GPS device as a scope on it. And she sh- So yeah, they sorry, they've basically invented Omega beams. Yeah. It's the, it's the Omega sanction. You cannot escape it. And <laughs> she just like pulls the trigger and it shoots miles away like we see this beam just shoot off into nowhere like hang a right at the next corner circle around people like almost hit the grocer who was delivering groceries it like does a little hop over where he is goes back on its route gets to a field somewhere finds aa abamba who is still invisible and just like zaps him yeah, sorry. Like we were not kidding about the Omega sanction. Like it's just that's what it is. It's amazing. So he he goes down. Everyone catches up to him. There's a fight in the field where like A.A. Bamba keeps trying to turn invisible, but every time he does, someone says like, "Oh, he's right behind you," or "He's to your left," or "He's right above you." And so he turns invisible, and then someone hits him, and he turns visible again. It's very difficult for him to get his whole thing going because now his one trick doesn't work anymore. Right. Well, it's listen, man. Being invisible is a very, very good trick. I can see where you would not necessarily have developed another one. Yeah, yeah. Like, listen, I don't blame him. If I could turn invisible, I would not have also learned how to do a bunch of other things that making that being invisible would have made unnecessary. Unfortunately, 
uh, it, it is a bad situation for A.A. Bamba. So. Yeah. So uh, he goes down. Yeah. And as he goes down, the the team has gotten a new finishing move, I think. So uh, uh, Red Racer pulls out his regular, like, Punisher laser pistol. And Natsumi hands him the GPS laser pistol. And he kind of, like, fits them both together. And it becomes a rifle. And so now he's got the power of his pistol plus the power of the GPS rifle, like, sort of plugged into each other. And he just aims it sort of in the general direction of A.A. Bamba. And it shoots him. And, like, that is it. Like... Now, like, his regular pistol would have done some damage, and the GPS pistol would have done some damage. But of course, when you put two pieces of technology together in a Sentai show, they become, they don't just become the sum of their parts. They immediately become at least exponentially better. At least. Yeah, minimum. Minimum. So, um, so yeah, so like, he goes down, he eats some emo yogan, he goes giant, uh, they summon RV Robo, surrender. Sirender actually shows up to help. Yeah, and, awesome. and he's like, "Hey, man, don't leave me out of this. Like, I am, I, I'm also <laughs> important. You haven't seen me do this in a few episodes." Now, uh, he does immediately get like taken out. A upon like just vanishes again and like tags Sirender. Mm-hmm. Um, but then Pink, like Pink Racer, like she she gets the the Navi thing and plugs it in, and she she does it. She does the thing, Matt. She gives good directions. Yes. She, like, plugs in her, like, new GPS into RV Robo and says, like, there, over by that building, there's a building-sized robot you can't see. Let's get him. Uh, and they so, do. So, they totally so, get him. Yeah. That's, yeah, I mean, that that's it. Sirender, like, breaks his wand so he can't turn invisible. And then RV Robo does does his thing. And then that is, that's the end of Hey, Abanda. Yeah, and that's basically the like you know obviously that is basically the end of the show. Like we get a little wrap up. Um, Natsumi and Yoko go to drop off the grocer's truck to him. He the grocer is extremely chill about the fact that his car is being delivered like two days late, and also that he almost got zapped by a laser. He doesn't even mention that. I probably would. I would probably mention that a lot in most of my conversations if that happened. But he does not even think it's fit to mention. <laughs> well, you know, listen, this grocer has seen some stuff, if I recall correctly. And then, and then the, and so, the, and the um, grocer says, like, hey, guys, like, thanks for dropping off my car. I got a bunch of groceries. Um, would you, like, I'll give you something for free. Would you like a watermelon or would you like a, I did not write down the other thing, let's say a strawberry. And they're standing there. And they're looking at both. And Yoko was looking at both. And she can't decide. And she says, I would like a cantaloupe. And Natsumi's like, oh no, not again. And here's what's crazy about that. Is that that implies that Yoko's entire problem the whole time is not that she was a bad navigator, but that she was indecisive, which does not work at all based on the rest of the episode. But I mean, it's like, it's, it, it's a funny stinger, but it's a weird moment. It's a we- yeah. It's like it's funny, but only if you accept it. It has to be accepted. Like not. It's bizarre because it only works in the context of the rest of the episode, but it also asks you to ignore everything else about the episode. 
But but Dave, we we're not going to ignore everything about the episode. We're in fact going to talk about it because although this is the end of the episode, it's not the end of our episode because now we need to determine where AA Abanba lands in the Creature Royale. The increasingly way too large and kind of hard to manage Creature Royale. Okay, so there was another guy who turned invisible. It was Bar Vanish um, from last season. Oh, yeah, that was the O-Ranger guy. He could turn invisible, but only when the sunlight was hitting him. And then he could also, like, read your memories with holograms or something. Yeah, like, that dude ruled. He's, he's like, dramatically, dramatically better than A.A. Abanba. Um, I'm sort of looking down and... Like, A.A. Abanba, again, he's got a weird look and he's got, like, one trick he turns invisible. I, I feel bad because I... I hope we're not like sort of gilding gilding the past, but I feel like a lot of the monsters this season are kind of late. Okay, here I, I I've been thinking about this, Dave. Is that and actually this episode is not a super great example of but of what I'm about to say, but hear me out. In previous seasons, I feel as though it was more common that when they would encounter a monster, it wasn't just how the monster looked or what his special attack was, but also, like, it was difficult to beat them and they needed to figure out how to do it, right? Yes. Like, there was, there yeah, was yeah, a yeah. process where they would be like, okay, this is the problem that we are presented with. Here are our resources and this is what we're going to do to beat him. And I feel like in Car Ranger... That kind of doesn't happen. Like, you, like, the last episode, I think, is a great example. Like, you had a monster that was, like, their greatest archaeologist. But the only thing they did is shot him with a gun and, like, cut him with a sword. And that was it. Like, he was there to make the hook of the episode happen. Like, he found the two cars. But the monster, even though he looked interesting, and I think we gave him a decent ranking based on that, honestly, like... He didn't. He doesn't do anything cool. Like this one turns invisible, yeah, but he doesn't. No, that's even, a very he's good not even point. the best one who turns invisible. Yeah. No, I think that's a very good point. Is that they? Yeah, they. They just don't seem to do much. Like the rest of the writing is fun, and like conceptually the monsters are cool. Like, oh, he's invisible, so like you have to figure out a way to defeat his invisibility or whatever. Right. Like I said, this is, this is but, not uh, a great episode to give that example. But genuinely, I feel as though this episode, like the monster of this episode is A.A. Abanba. But really, the, the bad guy of this episode is Richie Hiker. Because it's Richie Hiker's thing that he's doing. But I never felt in Die Ranger that when Zydos like, had a purse monk do a thing... It didn't feel like a Zydos episode. It felt like a Purse Monk episode. Whereas this really right. doesn't feel like an A.A. Abanba episode. He's just the goon that needs to get shot by the GPS laser. Now listen, yeah. the phrase, he's the guy who needs to get shot by the GPS laser, is great. Like, there's a lot in this show that I really love. It's just that the, right, the, but like, the Monsters of the Week are not A.A. Abanba. Right, he's incidental to it almost. Um, so yes, I'm looking down the list, and uh, I, I like him better than N.N. Narenko, the graffiti artist that exploded stuff with like hyper energy spray mm -hmm. paint. Um, 
kind of up from there. There's vending machine dimension. I know you, who I, I hate his luck. I mean, I know you hate vending machine dimension. <laughs> yeah, I do. Um, I like him better than vending machine dimension. I like him better than inv- adhesive cockroach. I I think I'm cutting off at like Barra Baby, Barra Barmadillo. Yeah, Bar Barra um, Baby bar- was the monster that made babies cry really loud. To make humans hate yeah. babies so that they would stop having children. So that in a full generation, the the Barra Empire could come and destroy them. Yeah, I mean, that's a that's a heck of a plan. So, um, yeah, so like below Barra Baby, I would say. So a, a, that puts him at the new 140. Okay. A.A. Abanba, the invisible orangutan shaman. Not, not a... New slot number not, one. Not a great showing for him, but he was also hideous and I never liked him, so I feel good putting him that low on the list. And that, Dave, that finally is going to do it for another episode of License to Car Ranger. Uh, before we finish up here, I'd like to remind you all that you can email the show at supersentibrothers at gmail.com. If uh, you would like to get any updates on what we're talking about on Twitter or when the new episode's coming out or whatever you want to do there on that Twitter, we're there too at Super Sentai Bros. If you like the show, please remember that shining in the iTunes review section, there are five stars. Uh, give us a rate on Apple Podcasts or wherever it is that you find the show. That will help other people find the show, which will help us find those other people and then contact them and tell them about our secret plans. And maybe we'll tell you about those plans if you tell five more people about the show. <laughs> This this was the whole thing. Finally, finally, it's, yeah, we're really just building our It's all line. about our secret plans. Uh, anyway, but you won't find out about those unless you rate us on Apple Podcasts. Uh, the Super Sentai Brothers are a production of Retrograde Orbit Radio. To find any of the other great Retrograde Orbit Radio shows and all the secret plans, there you can do that at Super. Uh, the uh, well, I, I I got a little waylaid by my secret plans there. The website is retro. You did the webs- at the website retrogradeorbitradio.com. That's the one. Uh, until next week, we are the Super Sentai Brothers. I'm Matt. I'm Dave, and we'll see you next week for the greatest show on earth.